Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon. We're here after a 6-1 demolition at the weekend. Lawrence, it was much back to our usual selves at the weekend. Um, really, really top performance, top result. We're obviously back in action tomorrow night. Domestic action, um, which has not been since the end of August, I think, that we've, we've played uh, midweek domestically against Motherwell at Fur Park. We'll talk a wee bit about that game. I'm all digress and uh, have a wee look at Saturday's fixture against Hibs. Just as I say that, we're joined by Liam out in Japan. Liam, good evening, I think it's that right? Yep, sorry I'm a wee bit late, lads. Had to uh, had to brush off my sash before I came on, you know? No, no worries at all. <laughs> no worries at all. Borrow up from Saturday's eh? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> 
So <sighs> it's a, a, a triple trio for us, a, a trio obviously uh, that James Forrest got the weekend. I'm sure everybody who tunes in on a Tuesday will know that myself and Lawrence are absolutely delighted with that. And we will get on to it because we've been two people um, that have tried to remain very balanced and have championed um, James Forrest or Axom, I think, ever since I've been on, certainly Lawrence as well. Um, Lawrence is just waiting for James McCarthy to score a world day, um, and that'll be it complete. But uh, hey, let, let's kick off with, with Saturday's 6 1 hammer, lads. Um, obviously, down the bottom, we've got Frank McGarvey, Celtic legend, and we're going to speak a wee bit about Cameron Carter Vickers and Moritz Jens' new defensive partnership. Um, I'm sure yesterday, uh, if you're paying attention to Celtic's social media, or whatnot, you'd have seen a wee clip of Frank speaking to Jerry McCulloch at the club. Obviously, Frank was in the park um, on Saturday. He's going through a, a really tough spell at this point in time. We, we had said last week that everyone's thoughts at Axel are with Frank and all his family at this time. Frank's been a great friend um, to the podcast um, and has featured on Axel previously, just recently in our charity weekender um, last year. So all our thoughts, prayers and strength are with Frank at this time. Um, a, a man who was at Celtic for five years, scored 113 goals and 245 appearances, two leagues, two Scottish Cups, one League Cups, lived the dream. Um, and even just kind of close to my heart, seven years ago, he auctioned off his uh, 1985 Scottish Cup winning jersey. I know you're a bit of a kick guy, um, like myself, Liam. He auctioned off his 1985 original Scottish Cup jersey um, for the Maryhill Food Bank. So it just kind of tells you the quality. Um, of the man of Frank McGarvey. And I know, Lawrence, yourself, you've spent a lot of time with him, with Kevin, because a lot of times I've actually been in Kevin's shop. Frank's been there, um, and I'm sure you've got to know him pretty well through through Kevin and in the penalty spot. Yeah, absolutely cracking guy. I love, love Celtic. He's always got time to speak to everybody, Frank, hasn't he? Yeah. Paul John's manager from uh, Fitbit Great, sponsor. Yeah, the Celtic Great sponsor. Celtic yep. Yeah, he was a... Uh, He's just a brilliant guy, Frank, isn't it? In that video, you know, in tears watching it. But well, I tell you, I um, I, I, I don't know Frank personally, but my dad certainly does because they actually played together as schoolboys. Um, they both, they're my dad's the same age as as, as Frank McGarvey, and they both played for um St Catherine's Boys Guild back in the uh, late sixties, and um. They also briefly played together at St Rocks as well in the early in the early formative stages of uh, Frank McGarvey's career. He went on to Celtic. My dad went on to the uh, the dizzying heights of uh, Nuneaton Borough and Torquay United. So uh, slightly divergent paths there, you know. <laughs> well, listen, he's played with them. I think there'll probably be a lot of people actually around about that uh, school football scene that either played against Frank or played with Frank. So there's plenty of stories out there. I think he's always been. Um, and that kind of same mould all those Celtic legends from the 60s, 70s that he's been an accessible character to people um, in and around the club which is you know speaks volumes of his quality and he's a, a yeah. true uh, Celtic legend um, Lawrence Celtic legend um, I think you know I, I've certainly been one who have, has called James Forrest a Celtic legend in the past I know someone might describe him as a Celtic great but when you start to look at the numbers and the company is starting to keep I know Paul John said that yesterday with Colin in the show, it's very hard not to put him in this category because he's, he's currently sitting at 451 appearances, 49 off his number, um, 500, joining only 13 people to do that. Um, and he's only one of 30 men in the club's history. He's got 100 goals. So I think it's pretty hard not to put him in this bracket now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I 
can't see a reason why you wouldn't. It'd, it'd be amazed, you know, for somebody to explain why he's not, you know, with, with the career he's, he's had with us. You know, we were saying, we were talking about starting them. We thought we might have started them in Europe. The last couple of such appearances had looked good. Then, you know, yeah, you mentioned start. that last week. Yep. Yeah, he starts and yeah, it was brilliant. I, I think the ref uh, was having nightmares about midweek and was determined to stop another 7 1. But yeah, James, he was just fantastic, wasn't he? Back to, uh, you know, what we know he can do. And we'll probably miss that, that experience in the team a bit. So yeah, I, th- I think that jersey's. Should be his this week, shouldn't it? Okay, no, no reason why not, especially after scoring a hat trick. Liam, just looking at Forrest's performance um, last week against Leipzig, he obviously came off the, the bench. And something the manager had spoken about recently was you know, we've got a big squad, but not everybody's really up to speed at this point in time. And I know Lawrence mm. had given me that shout last week. My concern was, you know, if you throw him into a game like this, his experience is great, but he's just not, you know, at that level uh, in terms of, you know, um, sharpness of a game but you know he came on against Leipzig he was probably one of the brighter sparks in the game and then at the weekend he does his talk with his three goals See what what I would say to, to countenance that argument about you know is he up to speed um, such as his experience and his decade plus at Celtic and his European experience that um, an old head that knows what it's doing is as useful if not more so than someone who's fully up to speed in terms of fitness um, in European level. But James Forrest would, I imagine, be by far the most European experienced player in our squad, apart from maybe Joe Hart. Um, uh, you know, but I think um, he's uh, his qualities and having that experience um, over, how can I say it, um, it compensates for any perceived lack of sharpness he might have from not being a regular starter. And he's clearly a guy who obviously works intensively on his fitness because he came in on Saturday on Saturday and was, you know, just completely blew the opposition away. So it shows you he can still do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the, the Hibs fullback probably was still having nightmares. Um, and it was good <laughs> to see him return to that natural right-hand side. That was something that caught uh, Colin touched on yesterday a lot last season under Ange Postacoglu we've seen him coming off the left but we know that his, his position some wingers can do it some don't James Forrest is certainly a right winger and that's where he should uh, remain but Lawrence you know I think what Liam says there's a lot in that in terms of you know Forrest being experienced an old head something that's maybe been directed at the Celtic team in the Champions League so far is maybe getting a bit of stage fright I know the manager's spoken about that the players being pretty inexperienced at this level majority are and, you know, when James Forrest came out at the park last week, I've spoken about him being a bright spark, but he's been there, done it, and he's not going to get stage fright. And I think there's a lot in what Liam says there about bringing an old head like that into the team, and it does compensate maybe for that lack of match sharpness or fit, uh, fitness, because he's just he's been there, done it. And um, it's really, really important, I think, at this point in time that you have someone like that in the dressing room when Callum McGregor's not there. Yeah, definitely. What's uh, more, bemoaning a... Uh... Not taking their chances, James has definitely shown them how to do that. Yeah, but you know, he stuck what was it, off the bench against Mother on a 4 0 when he scored in his debut, and he's just scored every season since. It gives the boys, you know, the badder's numbers are frightening, but he's a bit hot and cold. You know, James is just a model professional for these boys to look up to. You know, if they look at the career he's had, and we've probably seen the, the video of Peter and Roger, you know doing the rounds talking about their time at the club and uh, 
yeah, the young players have got a lot to, to change. I think you know if I can achieve even half of what he's he's achieved when he's at the club, be doing well. But you know, over a hundred goals on, we'll soon be over a hundred assists. Will he make the five hundred club? Well, probably. You know, it, he's, he's got what two and a half years left in his contract. I think. Yeah, twenty twenty five, somewhere twenty twenty five. Yeah, I think he'll make the five hundred club then. Yeah, it's, especially I find it kind of miraculous, Liam, that he keeps just kind of anytime anybody writes him off, he just bounces back and he appears again. And last season, I think I've touched on that he had big moments last season when Celtic really needed him. I think back to that League Cup semi final against St Johnson coming off the bench to score that Livingston game. It had been a you know a venue that had haunted us. It was two one, and he sealed the deal. We had these moments last season, which was obviously enough for Ange Postecoglou to say. I'm keeping you in and around the place and I think that experience was something that obviously fed into that with, with Tom Roger and Neil Beaton, you know, as Lawrence touches on there, going out the door because when you're doing a rebuild, you know, it's very easy to forget that we're only really a year and a bit into this, what was deemed the rebuild. You need experience in there. Joe Hart came in with that experience, we retained Callum McGregor and as I've said, Roger and Beaton departed and that's why it was important that James Forrest was kept in around the building. I think it also speaks to Forrest's versatility and his um, his willingness to, to listen and to learn as well. Because and you just think of the, the number of different Celtic managers who have all had radically different approaches to how the game should be played. And James Forrest has scored goals under all of them. You know, Ronnie Dyla, Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon, now Ange. He... All very different managers with very different approaches to the game, but Forrest is equally effective with uh, with each of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think speaks volumes of his consistency in training and everything else um, that, that comes with that. Probably playing his best football, I would say, under Brendan Rodgers. If you look back, I think it's season 17, 18, 18, 19. He had 17, 18 goals, a really, really good return um, for a winger. But yeah, I, I was made up for him. I watched a video with Callum McGregor this morning, Lawrence, and he's talking. He said that he doesn't think anybody out there would have been as happy for him. You know, he's been his fellow academy graduate. He's basically grown up um, at Celtic with him. And it's just really, really important to have these kind of guys in and around the building. Yeah. You know, you touch him on a fellow academy graduate. Because we're talking kind of last week, you know, what we're going to do to get people on the team. Forrest is just... You know, love and proof that you know it's worth having the academy. Fourteen seasons is it out him? Goal scoring winger, it's just phenomenal. Join the five hundred club. But you, you begin to look through the squad and you're thinking we've got Callum, Tony Ralston, I think's one convinced everybody's definitely part of the squad. You get Stephen Welsh on it, you know, that's getting game time. It's great to see the boys come all the way through and play, you know, that there's nothing better than one of your own making it, you know. Maybe we all, we all love the the marquee signing. I don't know if we fly them in in private jets or whatever uh, newspaper headlines used to say about signings to Scotland. But I think it's better when it's kind of one of the boys that's come through and makes it. It's just somebody that is actually living the dream. You know, you get people that come to Celtic and say, you know, I now support the club, but knowing boys that, you know, have done it, supported it all the way through, it's just been part of their life. You know, very much like Frank McGarry, isn't it? You know, a, a boy that grew up supporting Celtic and you know, he's loving the dream. Yeah, and his experience is highs and lows as well. I mean, that, that, that video now that's doing the rooms, um, that, you know, I think if you probably bought it, Liam would cost you an arm and a leg in postage um, to get through the post. Um, but 
from from Tanadice when you know the managers talking about highs and lows, the players who had been there the season previous, um, experience that time he's came through that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Um, and again, return Celtic to to champions. So, yeah, I know what you mean by that, Lawrence. I think it's important that you know you do have supporters in the dressing room. You know, I've top clubs in Europe have did that are in the place, Spanish, Italian clubs and whatnot, um, and it's important that Celtic continue to do that. Liam, I want to bring in um, a comment from Beach Boys. Don't know if it's Brian Wilson tuning in or maybe possibly Mike Love, but we'll bring it in here to say, old Ted, just 31, hardly kicked the ball in two years. Probably got another good two years in him. Let's not get carried away. Over the past few years, he has been inconsistent and no one wanted him starting. But what would you say to that, Liam? Because he certainly has been inconsistent probably knew through no fault of his own he's had injury issues and whatnot but I still think there probably is more to come from James Forrest um, as a guy who in all seriousness takes medication for depression I'm quite glad that that guy who just made that comment isn't my therapist <laughs> that kind of negativity is a wee bit you know a wee bit uncalled for I think um not kicked a ball in two years is a bit harsh we've just outlined how he has scored goals at important times, even when he hasn't been playing regularly. And that is why I believe that no matter what Celtic do in the next couple of years, James Forrest is and will remain a very important member of the squad. He is not a guy who will, like, as as the comment there just says, I think that's spot on. He's an excellent addition to the squad and he will always have the chance to have an impact. Um be it as a, as a starter as he was at the weekend or as a sub as he was against Leipzig. Um, he's just, he has a combination of skills, experience and that little bit of magic that is sometimes missing from Celtic. Sometimes, especially in the last few weeks or so, there's been a couple of games where we've looked very flat and we've needed that wee spark of inspiration just to get us over the finish line. And um, Forrest is a guy who can... I think even a couple of years from now, we'll still have it in his locker to come on and produce that for you if you need it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a really good point there um, from, from Strachan's laptop, who I know usually contributes on a Tuesday. We, we don't think it is Gavin, because he's usually at Lennox to take the training at this time. Um, but if he is, he, he's, he's doing a good job either way. But, you know, on that, he, he can still do a job as a squad player and an important mm-hmm. sub, and he's here for the next... Uh, three years. Um, just to give us a mention, especially you know, Liam, um, Nakamura announced his retirement um, 44 years of age, so um, Edward Y of Oz um, thinks that Forrest still at least a good 13 years in him, so um, that, that might haunt some Celtic fans, I'm probably sure it will, but um, you know, d- don't get too worried about it. I don't know if James Forrest will get to that level of consistency, but that's a phenomenal return, isn't it, Lawrence? Because I remember when I was young, just starting to go to Celtic games, you know, Nakamura's kind of guy who's my era, and I think that he's still playing just now is quite incredible. Yeah, yeah, really, really fit player, you know, obviously putting the work in, and his free kicks, best in the world, you know, it's, he just knew he was going to score sometimes, like Bernard Kelly, you know, we've been struggling to break him down, needing the win to win the league, and 
that, that, uh, that free kick from out the right and the bottom left just keep us no chance it, go against Rangers and when we played them in the middle of the park for a change I thought we should have played them there more often rather than out in the wing but oh, I mean, how far out is that in the movement on the ball it's just it's got to be up there with it the top goals and that game you know from Caldwell and him takes the touch and then oh, what a strike yeah, he brilliant that can there, wasn't he? Uh, you know, and I think, you know, Strachan obviously signed him with, with Peter Lowell, and uh, I think the club done really well off the, the merchandising in the Far East. I'm sure Liam will be able to tell us more about that. Not as well as we should have, and let's just let's leave it at that. Um, Celtic ha- did not and are still not in any way, shape or form coming close to monetising the Japanese contingent as they should. Um, it's it's very, very, very um, frustrating that I still, the only way I can buy a Celtic shirt is to order directly from the store, which is in Scotland, wait three weeks for it to get here, and then pay about the same price of the shirt again in import charges. You know, the club really should be finding ways around that. Um, yeah, you'd think we'd have a shop there. Yeah. I mean, I remember Nakamura, they, they, they changed the main stand, they, I think it was triple the size of the press room at the time. Moved the press room into a much bigger area because the amount of Japanese uh, journalists were over. Then, yeah. then after that, Koki Mizuno didn't quite, quite work out, did it? He never really got a chance, did he? I mean, it's, nah. it's unfortunate, but. I mean, I saw him play a couple of times for, for Jeff United over here and he looked, he looked brilliant, but um, yeah, never quite made it at Celtic, unfortunately. I think his first two games with a couple of flashes, and then as you say, never got a chance. But yeah, you think Celtic would, uh, I don't know, Tokyo open a shop? Why not? I'm just about to say that. If anybody's listening, Tokyo, um, especially for Liam, get a shop set up. Just for Liam. Liam, you're not coming uh, in. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there would be other, others will follow, but it was it was quite interesting. That leads into his, you know, talking about another Celtic Wigan and dies in Maida. But it was interesting. Oh, is he frozen on us? Oh. <laughs> still here. Oh, you're still um, here. Right. Talking about Nakamura, and he was talking about him setting the pathway for the likes of Dyson Maida and his other fellow uh, countrymen to go to Japan. I don't know if the comments were on the back of uh, his retirement, but, but Maida, I think that goal at the weekend will do him the world of good. I know we're talking about James Forrest and we're kind of digressing a wee bit off here, but mm. I think that goal will do him the world of good because it just doesn't look like a guy who is going to be helped by 60,000 people on his back, um, which was the case last Tuesday evening against RB Leipzig. Yeah, I think that that's a, an unfortunate trend, not just with Celtic, but with modern football in general. A lot of fans who, let's face it, if you're under 25, 30 years old, the idea of Celtic going any more than about 18 months without winning a trophy is just completely alien to you. Um, so there's a whole generation of fans who are just not equipped to handle Celtic getting beat that's just um, it's an unfortunate reality of success and um, the the, the thing is that people at Maeda I mean I've seen it with him I I remember back back when I first started going to Celtic in the early 2000s Jackie McNamara was the the whipping boy of choice um you know, down the years, there's been other 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 players who have come in for it. James Forrest is one who used to get it and still does from time to time as well. And I, I really wish we could stop doing it. By all means, 
critique a player's performance after the game. When you're having your post-match pint, just say, look, I think that guy was crap today and here's why, right? Or, you know, this 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 player isn't, isn't cutting it, you know. But at the game, during the time that the player is on the pitch, that the player is with earshot of you, do you really think effing and blinding at him and telling him how useless he is is in any way going to help him get any better? You know, as if he's going to say, right, big man, sorry. And then he's going to suddenly score a 40-yarder. No. Right? It's not going to happen. So just back the team. You know? <laughs> back the team. But, Lawrence, would you agree with that as well? But with Dyson, I think I thought the manager's comments, especially after um, last Tuesday, were kind of welcome because I could start to feel that intenseness in the stadium. Um, you know, any time Dyson was getting the ball, it was kind of, it was starting to build a wee bit. And... You know, the manager came out after the game saying, you know, I'm going to persist with him. Um, and he knows himself that things need to improve in his game. But I, I certainly think that that goal will help him. And I wouldn't really be surprised to, to see him uh, start tomorrow night, um, possibly, um, at Fir Park. Listen, I'm, I'm kind of with Liam in this one. You know, I don't think the manager should have had to be put in position. He's got, got to come out and back him with players getting on him. Or on a player's back, or supporters getting on a player's back. You, we all talk about the magical atmosphere Celtic fans create in the Champions League and how it drives players on to a better performance and you know how we're, you know we're the twelfth man. Uh, so it's going to have a negative effect if we're booing him or we're on top of him. You think you know Jack Henry goes away to you know he was good at Dundee, comes down, couple of mistakes, fans right on top of him. Uh, and then he shipped off to, to, to Belgium and seems to be a fairly decent player there. So I, I think, yeah, it, as Liam said, you're not going to achieve much by barricading a Celtic player or booing him. You know, I've never booed a Celtic player you know, on or off the park, you know, outside the stadium or, or, or inside. But, you know, I know for some people it can maybe be a bit of a cathartic experience going to football and getting rid the frustrations, but I don't think that's the right way to do it. I don't think we're going to build our players up. And if we talk about developing youth, young players coming into the team, maybe they don't have a lot of confidence. Not necessarily, obviously, Dyson, but some of the boys we bring through. Maybe Stephen Welsh, you know, if people start getting on his back. How do you think, you know, that affects them? And it, it's something that I don't think puts the sports in a good light, or serves as well. But some players come through it. Look at Greg Taylor, he's come through it. And maybe he's all the stronger for it. You know, you could argue that you know players that come through that have got great mental resilience, but should they have to? You, you know, could we not give them more support when they're on the park and and help them develop or, or make their development easier for them? Do anything we can to to help them make it up. Liam, there's a comment came in here from Brown Warner who usually comments on a Tuesday. I think there might be actually something that he's saying that wingers um, at Celtic saw that he cut you off doing the ball on the screen there. The ball was tended to get it uh, tougher due to the fact they're expected to produce some magic, beat their man, and also position closest to the fans positionally. They have to be tougher. Do you think that is That's... there's something in that that the Celtic level and it kind of bases off probably Jimmy Johnson throughout the whole years of Celtic that there's an expectation for a Celtic winger to always produce a bit of magic and maybe as the game's probably moved on a wee bit, the role of a winger um, isn't always to do that. James Ford has yeah. probably been the prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, when, I, when I think back on it, a lot of the players that I've seen come in for stick down the years have been wingers, you know. James Forrest, 
Scott Sinclair, um, Paul Telfer back in the day, mm. Steve Guppy. Um, you know, even Jackie McNamara was was a wing back, but he was a wide player. So, um, you know, it's yeah. I think there is definitely some some mileage in that that wingers do have it tougher, but. I don't necessarily agree that they have to toughen up. I think instead the fans need to grow up a wee bit. And it's quite it's quite two-faced when, you know, for example, you think back to, and I, I don't want to get negative here, but you think about, for example, Neil Lennon, right? Neil Lennon's mental health issues were well documented. He had depression, he had bipolar disorder, well, he still has them because depression is a lifetime battle. It's not something that ever goes away completely. Um, but, you know, everybody was like, back back, Neil Lennon, support him, you know, all this rubbish about he brings it on himself. It's complete nonsense. You know, everybody rallied behind him as they should. But a lot of those same people are now openly abusing the likes of Dyson Maeda and not stopping to think, um, are we possibly mentally damaging him by saying that you know it's like you can't back one person and say it's terrible the abuse he gets but then you go out and dish the same abuse out to somebody else that's just that, that's two-faced as far as i'm concerned there's a, a comment coming in here from gary melrose who is talking about 67 Hill hail um hamish's channel over there and scott mcdonald's a regular contributor on it um Lawrence and Scott was saying on the channel that it can really affect players um, when they're already low in confidence to get that kind of uh, atmosphere towards them so I'm really hoping that, that Dyson does kick on and you know I'm sure he has the full faith in the manager because he knows all about him um, he had him at Yokohama you know and really you know, we've only seen Dyson made at Celtic come in off the back of a full season and really hit his peak after that point in time um, in a Celtic jersey and maybe he's just one of these players that it takes a while to get up to speed and then, you know, gives you all out. But, you know, I would agree with both of you in the sense that it's not going to help him in any way, shape or form if he's just going to, you know, be pounced on. Um, and I really hope he does kick on um, in this next run of games before the World Cup. I said, I mean, I don't think his performance has been terrible, actually. I think he made a... He's still... You know, he tries every game. He puts an amazing amount of work on that pitch. Some things haven't come off him, you know. He's now found the back of the net, you know, the weekend. Maybe that'll kick him on. But sometimes I think people, you know, whatever's going on, they like to be able to get frustrations out. And I don't think this is the right way to do it, be not abusing the Celtic players. Abuse the refs or something, you know. God knows they're bad enough. It's, mm. you know, Bernadie busting through. What was that free kick for? That is, has anyone ever seen a free kick like that? You, your wing back beats two guys, busts into the box. Well, I mean, the sad, the sad thing is, Lawrence, I have seen free kicks like that all too often, usually given to Rangers. <laughs> it's just astounding. You know, maybe it's getting in. Mm. I even, VAR wouldn't even have helped you there, would it? It's just that. It's just. It, maybe it's a word that begins with C to describe it. I don't know. No. <laughs> it, it, it was just terrible but you know Bernabe's maybe got a couple, couple of minutes you know, some more minutes under his, his belt he's settling in well he's, he's looking you know a really decent atta- attacking option there you know Greg Taylor's got a bit of competition now 
we will get on to um, Alexander Bernabe because I think he's, he's worth touching on again so I don't cut you off at the bottom of the screen Liam um, Ryan Kelly's coming in the comments to say glad made I got a goal to help his confidence his work rate you couldn't question um, he believes it was mainly his finishing in front of goal in particular in Europe which probably got him more criticism um, and that links in with one of our comments here from David Bradley who believes that Forrest is a better finisher than Dyson Maeda but you know Again, much like what Ange Postecoglou has been talking about, this Celtic side, especially in European football, it's inexperienced. Maeda, it's very easy to forget. He's only 24. You know, there's still probably a lot more to come from him um, in a Celtic jersey. And he's very likely to go off to the World Cup and play for his national team. And for his sake, probably be hoping to put in good performances for his national team. Well, the national team's a good point because that that's one of the biggest arguments I use in defence of Maeda um, is that, you know... Now, again, I'm not meaning as, as a criticism of Kyogo, right? Kyogo has scored a couple more goals than Maeda has this season. But I think they've both been guilty of passing up a lot of chances um, in terms of, like, you know, goal-scoring opportunities. And I think they've both not hit anything like the form they were in last season. Um, so I do think it's a bit, it's a wee bit mm, disingenuous that Kyogo continues to get a free pass, whereas Maeda is getting all the stick. And I think they're both needing to step up their game a wee bit. Liam, would you say that Hajime Moriyasu is probably more likely to pick Maeda over Kyogo going into this World Cup? I noticed that he played Maeda... Yep. I know he was experimenting a wee bit in that first game, but he played him up top. Do you think, from the manager's perspective, I know people hit back, well, what does Mori ask you know about football? He's not picking Hitati, but from his <laughs> perspective, he's likely to favour Maeda over Kyogo more? Yep, um, that's 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 my, that was going to, you, you've just kind of sold my thunder there, that was going to be my main point. Mori Asu consistently picks Maeda ahead of Kyogo um, to start for Japan. So, clearly... There is a player in there, and there's a player that, that Moriyasu recognises that maybe we, as of yet, don't. Because the Japanese approach to the game is heavily based on the team. It's not about who scores the most goals. It's not about who's the man in the match. It's about winning the game and playing as a team. And with Maeda's work rate and Maeda's defensive qualities in terms of tracking back, he is a more useful player to a Japanese manager than Kyogo is, despite the fact that Kyogo is a more naturally gifted footballer. Being a naturally gifted footballer is not as high a priority in J in Japan as it is in Scotland, amongst fans and amongst managers. And at the end of the day, they've been the last six World Cups and we've not been to any of them. So I think maybe the Japanese might have a point on this one. Yeah, no, I, I think they probably do. Um, and Lubo Maestro there in the comments, Maida will come good, fantastic attitude. I absolutely agree with that. Um, yep. And I think Spot there's still on. much, much more to come from him. It's easy to forget he only arrived in, in in January, half a season after playing a full season in Japan. Um, I know some people thought maybe after a full pre-season under working, working under Ange Postecoglou, we'd have a completely different... Uh, player, but you know he might just be one of those players that it takes a while to get up to speed. There's a lot of football to play, um, which uh, again, you know, this season is like no other. Of where the World Cup is, the Champions League games, you would have that two week break. I don't think that's something that's helped Celtic. I don't think that's helped something players in the squad and an inexperienced team that's not played at that level before. 
Um, so, you know, looking forward to it. I, I'd really hope that by the time possibly next season rolls around um, and Dizemade is still very much a Celtic player and hopefully Celtic's back in the Champions League and um, we start to see his real potential and you might even see that at the World Cup within a month's time. Um, it's a tough, tough group. Who is it? Spain, Costa Rica? And is it Germany. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, Germany are a team in transition. You know, when you saw them play against England last month, they looked dangerous, but they also looked very vulnerable. Um, they're beatable. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Costa Rica are probably beatable as well. Spain will probably end up topping that group. But I think Japan just might sneak through in second place. Mm. Interesting. Is that the new away top behind you there? Or is that it is, yeah. Yep. That, that's the new away top with the uh, the origami pattern on the sleeves. Yeah, just picked that up nice last one. week. Nice one. I like the home top. Um, I think I might treat myself to one of the nice new home jerseys, although it is blue, but I'm just thinking, I bought a Japan top before, so I think It Japan's was quite funny that, actually, seeing, um, seeing on the day that there was a, a Glasgow derby, Celtic decided to launch this red, white and blue Japan top on the website. That was quite a interesting timing for Celtic's marketing department. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm sure that sales are probably going um, all right, but Japan probably going to be my um, World Cup pick, Liam. Because Scotland mm. aren't there again. Um, but while yeah. we're talking, Lawrence, about forward players, Siatak Sabanovic is really starting to, you know, get the attention I think he deserves. We've seen his versatility from playing Champions League as what you would describe as a number 10. We see him playing the left-hand side. Um, at, at the weekend, you know, I think when you look at him and Jota, and the combined uh, money that we've spent, uh, spent in both of them, Celtic have got themselves absolute bargains in both players, and Haksabanovic is going to be a top, top performer at Celtic. Yeah, I mean, Tosh and the rest of the scouting department are obviously doing an outstanding job at the moment. Uh, he's just fitted in seamlessly. He fits Angie's style of play. Maybe a lot is to do that. Angel sign players that fit his style of play. You know, it's it, it seems a simple thing to say. But Something well, Celtic's yeah. not always... Yeah. Good at though. We've seen loads of managers just grab players because they're available. And uh, Lance seems to yeah, bring them in once he's kind of sussed out where they're going to fit and make sure they, they fit his style of play. And you, you boys are talking about Japan at the World Cup. Angel have some time off to do some scouting, won't he? It'll be, uh, and he's got to be looking at, I would think, centre half and, and a striker because you were talking about missing chances. I thought it was, it was the right thing to start Yakimakis at the weekend, but I think we can maybe do another striker just now. Uh, 
Haksabanovic has looked good. He's versatile, but I don't think he's an outright striker, is he? Nah, nah. But, but where do you think he's been better, Lawrence, from what you've seen? And again, probably you've not been able to see maybe his best potential in midfield because he's not got Callum McGregor in there beside him. Say that really the game in number 10. You know, we played number 10. We really like that. But, uh, yeah, I think he's probably... He's looked great there, but, you know, we've not seen too much of him. I think he's only just got up to speed now. Up to the speed of demands of playing in an Ange team. Liam, it was surprising when he threw him in for that Shakhtar game. I know he'd featured off the bench up in Dingwall and then we saw him thrown in for that game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he actually might have came on in the Derby game as well, the, the 4-0 uh, victory, or it was Madrid game. It was one of the two he came off the bench. Definitely came on against Real Madrid. Um, no. But I, I certainly agree with Lawrence. I think he is getting up to speed now when you're starting to see a player who's got bags and bags of potential and quality. Um, and, you know, he was one like Oliver Abelgard, who have not yet seen too much of. Didn't really have a proper pre-season. He's starting to get up to speed now, um, and he looks a player. But where, where do you think he's best suited from what you've seen of him so far, Liam? Do you prefer him in that number 10, or do you prefer him out in the wing? I, I prefer him as the number 10, because I, I do think that um, in terms of wide options, uh, Abada, Jota and Maeda are all better wide players. But, Haksibanovic can play out there. So I think he's one of those guys that you, you... It's more about where can you fit him into the team rather than um, where is he best because put him anywhere on the pitch and he'll do a great job, I think. Um, it's um, it's a good thing, actually, just to, to kind of expand it a wee bit. If you look at Celtic's uh, recruitment pattern since Ange came in, finally the penny has dropped that, by and large, we cannot afford to bring in players from the likes of England and uh, um, in Western European leagues. You know, uh, Carter Vickers is, is an exception to the rule, obviously, because we got him from Spurs um, as, as we did Joe Hart, but um, you know, you look at the Japanese players, we've raided the, the Russian league a few times now for, for players. Um, we are looking uh, you know, Asia and Eastern Europe are two markets that haven't been that haven't been milked dry by the the big European leagues yet, and that is where we can get ahead of the game there and get these players because there are players there as talented as anything you'll find in Spain, Portugal, Italy, or Germany, but you'll get them for about a tenth of the price. Um, but if they if they perform at the same level in in Europe in the fullness of time then you'll be able to command the same, you know, <laughs> eight-figure, sorry, uh, seven-figure uh, sums for them, you know? It's one that's that's interesting. I think another market that Celtic might be looking at more now, and there's a few comments coming in here, so we'll get these up. He's a guy that Lawrence has already uh, touched on. Is Alexandro Bernabe, you know, this comment mm-hmm. coming in here to say how good Haksibanovic and Bernabe on the left-hand side. Um and another one from Raymond Haddon coming in to say Fort Burnaby and Axabanovic were immense up the left-hand side on Saturday. That's potentially a market. Then just to kind of throw that one back to South America, mm-hmm. that Celtic's not shopped in at all, but we've seen Burnaby come over. Much like Axabanovic has taken him a bit of time to get up to probably the level that Ange Postacoglu expects of him, but he's starting to put in really top performances now. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to be in a position to get in the same players from like River Plate or Boca Juniors, but we can, beyond that, we can look at the Argentinian League, the Uruguayan League, the Brazilian League, 
Um, I remember Malmo with the, the amount of Paraguay players that they, they had in that Champions League team that they beat us in the Champions League too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 there's definitely something to be said for if you're going to recruit all of these players from foreign markets, getting a a group of them as we have with the Japanese, I think is a great um, a great idea because it helps the players to bed in and it also it'll it'll serve the national team well in the fullness of time as well because they are more likely to get picked if they're in a winning team. Um, so that's attractive to players as well. I mean, there's been a few different rumours floating about in the last few weeks of various Japanese players being linked with Celtic. And I think it's because they see, well, that's the club that Japanese players can go to if they want a shot at the Champions League and they want to make a name for themselves and they want to get into the national team. Because for all Rio Hatate had a great season at um, at uh, Kawasaki Frontale, um, you know, player of the year in my opinion, he didn't break into the, the, the full Japan squad until he was at Celtic. You know, that, that that's the reality of it. And he's still, unfortunately, not really getting that breakthrough completely. But yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot in that as well. And suppose to Coglu's recently been talking about Scotland as a whole, that the league with the amount of Aussies that are now coming over here has been a good stepping stone. Um, so it's not even just from even from a Celtic potential. I think at this point in time, Liam, you know, other countries that are looking at another players from different nationalities are looking at Scotland as a place that they can go and develop um, and then possibly get that other move and for Japanese players or whoever you know, Celtic is a good place to, to showcase himself and play at the top level um, of European football so I think that's great and long may it continue um, Lawrence, j- just to, while we're talking about Bernabe in this one um, uh, here's one he did. He, he was playing as an inverted fullback at the times at the weekend but Bernabe does like to bomb down that left hand side and it's been something that I think Georges Yakimakis has certainly liked. We've seen both of them link up really well. Um, do you think that's been maybe something that's potentially been missing in Greg Taylor's game? Because just really not been any remit to, to do. But we've seen Taylor become a complete expert at playing the inverted role. But he's maybe not did this as much. Yeah, well, Greg Taylor's a converting midfielder, central midfielder. And Bernabe's a converted left winger. Go figure one of them looks better charging up the left wing than another. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, but he's got. He, he looks, he looks quicker than Greg. So I'm going to be impressed if he puts the kind of numbers in over a season that Greg's managed. You know, in terms of his assist in general play. But yeah, it, you know, it's always exciting to, to see a Celtic player beat someone. I don't know what where that is, but yeah, it, it brought me back freshness. I thought, yeah, you know, Taylor's played an awful lot of football. There's not been a Many challengers to him. I know some people thought Liam Scale was maybe in there last season, but I never thought he was anyone in danger of putting Greg out of the team. I think it was just injury that kept Greg out for a bit. Uh, yeah, Bernabe's, you know, he's got to give him some competition. But, but we've, seen a level of, we've seen a level of consistency from Greg here that we've not, as of yet, seen from, from Alexander Bernabe, which I think is really important, um, especially for Ange Postacoglu, but it is good now that you've got that rotation that you're talking about, Lawrence said that last season Taylor was a complete stick on to play left back. You're looking and going, well, Bernabe is what, 21? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, only after 10, well, only after 10 we've ever signed. So it's maybe, you know, a bit of bedding and period into the country for them as well. You know, you had a bit of, shall we say, trouble uh, as well during this bedding and period. But yeah, he's now, you know, he's getting minutes, he's looking good. Uh, Cracking cross at the ball. It's, if only we could learn how to beat players without fouling them. You know, that's the next thing. To bring in an RB comment here, Jamie Young saying that he thought Haxabanovich, Bernabe, and Yakimakis linked up brilliantly. I would agree with that. Um, David yep. Ferguson coming in here to say Bernabe's turning into the player he was in his YouTube reels. We know that those can be deceiving because Vasilis Barkas looked like a, an absolute steal at 5 million quid um, on YouTube, not to be. And Albina Yeti looked like the next best thing after sliced bread. But hey ho, YouTube can be quite deceiving. Um, Liam. You've spoken there about some Japanese players transitioning over to Scotland, bedding in, Hatati then getting that chance in the national team, which probably brings this guy into the conversation. And that's Yusuke Adaguchi. Back in the bench at the weekend, he's had a troubled start to his Celtic career with injuries, urban culture, usual truths they contribute to coming in. Will we see Gucci on Wednesday? But what is your whole thoughts on this situation that Adaguchi finds himself in? I mean, to be honest, Gucci was the one signing that Celtic made that kind of surprised me because he, his team had had a kind of indifferent season last year. You know, Maeda came in as the as the joint top goal scorer, and Hatate was, as I say, in my opinion, in the opinion of many journalists in Japan, the Japanese the J League Player of the Year last year. Um, so they were both signed on merit. Gucci was a one that kind of came out of left field because nobody really expected him to go to Celtic. Um, after he, it didn't work out for him at Leeds, and then he had a, a brief period on loan, I think it was Grauffer Firth in Germany, it didn't really work out there either. Um, you know, there are questions of, is this a guy who just didn't really cut it in Europe? And Celtic is kind of his last chance to really prove that he can cut it in Europe. Um so this is his make-or-break season, and I really do hope he gets some time on Wednesday, and I hope he does something just to show us what, you know. I mean, as Maeda showed at the weekend, one goal can make a huge difference, you know. And Gucci is not the type that even needs a goal. He just needs a good, solid performance in midfield, and that could just kick him on and get him going. 
Um, because Callum McGregor being out means that we are perhaps only one or two more injuries away from having to pitch in Gucci in a starting place. So he needs to be ready to go. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on this one? Because obviously Abelgaard arrived in late in the window um, and James McCarthy at this point in time looks as if he's well ahead of Yusuke the Gucci. So where do you see him fitting in at this point in time? Because you know McCarthy's not did anything wrong to merit not getting that chance off the bench or whatnot. Um, we see O'Reilly playing in that pivot role now. Callum McGregor being out of the team. I'm sure Ange Postacoglu will rotate. Probably tomorrow night's the best chance he's going to have a re- rotating the squad. Do, do you see Yusuke Adaguchi getting a chance during this period of time? Because surely if he is going to get a chance, this is going to be the time where Callum McGregor's out. Well, I think it'd take maybe another couple of injuries before Gucci was getting a number six shot in front of somebody. Uh, you know, you've touched on, you've got McCarthy, Abelgaard, Moy can play there. We've seen O'Reilly play there. Scott Robinson's been making Champions League squads. You know, that's probably to do with homegrown, but, you know, if he's in the squad... Yeah. It, I, I think Gucci wasn't included in the Champions yeah. League squad. So, I don't know, is that five or six that were named? Just off the top of your head, it's probably ahead of Gucci. He's been unlucky with his, his injuries. It's... I suppose he'll be down to Ange and what he sees in training, but on the face of it, you, you would think all of those were ahead of him. You know... Gucci does he have a future? He's got a few years left in his contract. He's going to need to do something this season. And I think he'll find his sell up for sale at the end of it. But it's just, I think it's a really tough ask to get in that that position, that number six position itself. We've got so many options. I mean, we, we talked about this before the transfer window shut. You know, I think you and Natasha were saying, oh, we need a, another number six. In. And I was going, we've got so many. Yeah, I'd rather have a striker or a centre half. And, yeah, so I, th- I think Gucci is just really unlucky that there's so many players ahead of him just now. Uh, you know, arguably Moy, McCarthy, they may move on at the end of the season. Who knows? You know, they're getting on a bit. You know, they've got one, two seasons at Celtic left at him, but Gucci, unless he, he does something spectacular to get into that team, I think this is probably going to be his last season at Celtic. We'll, we'll look to move him. I, I would hope that, you know, Ange Postacoglu brought him in for a reason and it's interesting what you're saying that they're laying with him being the one that you maybe didn't expect to make that move to, to Glasgow mm-hmm. um, under Postacoglu and we've seen him feature a couple of times, you know, the game at Alloa, it's not his fault and then he comes in, I think, in the last day of the season against Motherwell, um, if I remember right, came off the bench and featured, we saw him in pre-season a bit um, but I, I would like him to take his chance at and get into that team because towards the end of that transfer window, you know, the period of time that Lawrence is talking about, that was something that me and Natasha were saying. I was actually expecting James McCarthy to go at that point in time. I remember in the yeah. last year there was links to Sunderland and, and various other places, but he does look ahead of him. Um, but j- just in terms of maybe what Lawrence said there about Aaron Moy, I much preferred him in a bit of a more advanced role at the weekend rather than playing the pivot, which I think was one of the issues at St Murn. But with Aaron Moy, I think he's a much better player when he's got players have got a bit of energy around him. Yeah, one of the great revelations of recent Celtic team selections has been this the thing of O'Reilly dropping a bit deeper and he's really What do you make of it? I, I think he's doing well. My my worry for him though is that that's gonna affect his chances of getting into the Denmark squad because again, much like Celtic, Denmark have a plethora of 
very, very good players in that position already. So um, I don't see O'Reilly displacing the likes of Delaney anytime soon, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, playing the pivot role, O'Reilly, I think he played very well there last week against RB Leipzig. Um, mm. But I think there will be rotation in around it. And it's interesting that's what the manager's kind of went for is playing O'Reilly in that, you know, deeper position, whatever you want to call it. I call it the pivot. Um, in midfield, it's um, it's perhaps something that Ange has picked up from his time in Japan. Um, this was something I elaborated on last week on on the show. Um, the idea of versatility being a very very strong consideration amongst um, Japanese managers and kind of Japanese football philosophy in general. Um, so Ange maybe wants to have players prepared to step into the team in possibly two or three different positions, depending on what the needs are. You know, you see it with our attackers, uh, Kyogo, Maeda, Jota, Abada, they can all play across the front in different roles, as need be. Um, in the in the midfield, you're seeing Moy playing both defensively and attacking, depending on how things are. O'Reilly, vice versa. Um, you know, we have, with Bernabe, we have an attacking fullback. With Taylor, we have a more defensive option. And then on the other side, it's the same with Juranovic and Ralston. Ralston is a more physically imposing, more of an old style fullback, whereas Juranovic is more of your kind of attacking wingback type. Um, so throughout the whole team, you have this versatility and this, this dynamic. Ability to shift. I mean, one of the main reasons why I think we gave Hibs such a doing at the weekend was because we fielded a team that was totally unlike anything they would have trained for. They would not have trained to face a front three of, you know, Jakimakis and Haksapanovic and Forrest. You know, they would not have factored into their, their calculations at all that that was going to be the, the attack they were going to face. And it was clear from the offset they just, they just didn't know how to handle it. That's a really good point on that one um, because you're probably expecting if Haxabanovich was playing to play in that, that midfield role that we've spoken about, James Forrest getting thrown in, I thought he merited a start after his performance against Leipzig, especially with Abada coming off. Um, and then it was probably tossing a coin between Yakimakis and Kyogo after the Champions League midweek. But that's probably something that's right in... Ange Postacoglu's favour just now that you can, you know, you've got so many options just now at this point in time. And Lawrence, I thought Aaron Moy was absolutely cracking at the weekend. I thought it was his best performance by far in a Celtic jersey. Would you agree with me that you prefer him and a wee bit more of an advanced role in midfield rather than playing the pivot? Yeah, he's, he's not looked... He's, he's not a lot of minutes, but yeah, he looked better. I think maybe Saturday everybody was looking good just about really in the mid, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, he can definitely pick a pass, can't he? Aye. You, you know, he, he, he can That's an understatement, I think. Passes. Yeah. Should it be one to the left foot or one to the right foot? I can't remember. Is that Danny Fox? But, uh, <laughs> I, it's... Listen, I think that the team as a whole were, were really on it on Saturday. But, yeah, he's looked better further forward. I think Liam's right about Ange. One, players that can play kind of multi... You know various positions because they're going to have to fill in during the game the amount of pressing they're doing you know if we're getting pulled across the players will need to know the different positions and how to play them certainly makes it harder to mark and pick up but uh, you know it's 
it's a joy to walk, walk, watch when it works. I, I still fancy, you know, if we had an out and out striker, I think we'd score a lot more goals. I don't think Yakamakis or Kyogo will really hit the heights this season so far. I think they will, though. I think they will. No, I mean, listen, there's no doubt both, both score goals. It's, I suppose it's the mountain, you know, I think the Champions League this season is a case of what if, isn't it? You know, if we had an experienced striker up there that maybe didn't go over all of but, but is that is that an experience level at Champions League level, or you know because bo- both of them are, I think Yakimakis has played in Champions League level before, but much like the other players in the Celtic squad, which the manager spoken about, it is an ex- an experienced team at Champions League level. No, d- definitely is. I mean, yeah, obviously touched on it before the last transfer. What window shot he was getting? You know, getting experienced striker in. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose you only get experience by playing it. But but even then. As many goals have scored, you know, or ch- I wouldn't think even in Scotland a percentage conversion is it as high as it should be. Liam, what's your take on that? Because I think, I think maybe looking at a team like RB Leipzig and you know they're linked to to Salzburg, which is a completely different thing in, in modern European football. You have a lot of players basically taking their scalps at Salzburg if they do at all in the Champions League and they move on to Leipzig and have been there kind of done it I think for Celtic you know going back to last week we've not been on since then a lot of them this season have unfortunately had to take those scalps in the competition to develop and get that bit of experience in the competition which is just unfortunate that we're not able to probably bring in somebody who's Champions League ready at this point in time See I'm going to, I'm going to say something that might be unpopular here with, with uh, our viewers and possibly with you guys as well but I think there are some parallels to be drawn between Celtic in the Champions League this season and our City rivals in the Champions League this season for different reasons. Now, in the case of the Rangers Tribute Act or whatever you want to call them, they are skint, right? They're skint. So their philosophy was get into the Champions League this season, take a doing bank the money and balance the books so that next season they can actually have a go at it, right? That That's, from what I'm reading, that is their approach, right? Our approach is, all right, first time back in the competition in five years, go out and have a go, let's put on a show, but remember, we've got a young team, we've got an inexperienced team at European level, we have a, we've got the raw ability, but we don't quite have the the street smarts yet to really make an impact in Europe. And I think that obviously we have given a far better account of ourselves in Europe than, than Rangers we're, have. This we're season. trying to build on something and improve. And aye. Mark doing a uh, sale of football, I think, in Europe. Aye. But as I say, in a, in a certain way, both teams are in the same boat and that this is a transitional season for them in, in the European context. So I think that, you know, I don't see anybody taking seven off us, so I think we're all right. But um, I think we need to just be mindful that we are still in transition. You know, if you speak, you know, you speak to to Jared from from Celtic Down Under, who knows Ange better than anybody. Um, he'll tell you that Ange's teams usually hit their peak after about two years. So we are still building towards the pinnacle of this team. And I still think we could, we could hit double figures against somebody in the league this season. I, I do think that that's still very possible. Yeah, but by no means... 
Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe now Vars in. Aye, could have, aye, well, you know. Easily could have that day at Dundee United. I think that was something that pleased uh, myself. It probably pleased both you guys and all our listeners as we saw that ruthless streak back in the Celtic team that we mm. hadn't really seen since the, the Derby game um, at the beginning of September. That you know that same streak we saw up at Tannadice, uh, um, Rugby Park, it, it was back. And, you know, there was comparisons. I watched an interview with the manager this morning and he's talking about, you know, there's comparisons to be drawn between going up the park at McDermott Park and getting the late goal and Dizemeda getting a goal at the weekend. It's all about the structure and the culture that exists at the football club at this point in time. And no matter what position you find yourself in, whether it's one each or five one, you're still looking to go up and score another goal, which I think is important. Um, and it could have probably been more than six one. Lawrence, as you already rightly pointed out, if it wasn't for woeful refereeing. Um, but this will be the last show that we're on before VAR is introduced to, to the league. So you, you never know. Um, we might not need to, to spend time talking about woeful refereeing decisions, although from what Crawford Allen said, I'm not too hopeful about it all. Um, he's spoken about it having a, a kind of teething process in and not all decisions being right. So it's going to be interesting, and gentlemen. Um, tomorrow night, just quickly in this one, it came up in the news is today. I know we're drawing near the end. Um, Premier Sports is getting a bit of a, a, a reband, rebrand, Lawrence. I don't know if you managed to see this. Um, Via Play is taking over on the 1st of November. Um, so just to read out this tweet, having received clearance from acquisition of Premier Sports, Via Play will launch in the UK on November 1st. Total package, including sport, so this probably goes out to anybody that's subscribing to Premier Sport at this point in time, will be £15 a month, which I think is an increase in a tenner or whatever it is just now. And Premier Sports 1 and 2 become Via Play Sports 1 and 2. Um, interesting whether this was at all on the, the SPFL's radar when we were doing this new deal with Sky Sports. Yeah, it's just oh, the, the, the TV deal. Yeah, I, I don't think it serves anyone or any Celtic fan particularly well. You end up paying for Sky, BT, and Premier. You don't get all the games. It's yeah, another increase, another you know, can, can afford quid. You know, I'd, I'd much rather that they'd got a better deal, but you know, at least explored selling the games. I know the current deal allows them to sell more, doesn't it themselves? You thought after COVID season, I could, the coverage was decent enough, you know. Yeah, it wasn't Sky and BT level, but it was watchable. And surely they could have taken the plunge and went ahead and ran it as the SPFL TV and get to watch every game if you, if you wanted. Uh, I don't know if you get to watch them all out there, Liam. Do you get Celtic TV International? And- yeah, um, I, I have Celtic TV and I've also got a, a Japanese uh, subscription service that shows... Whatever whatever game is like your your half twelve kickoff in Scotland is the game that I'll get live. So for example, this week it was it was Rangers Motherwell. Uh that the following that the following weekend it's going to be Heart Celtic. Just um, Motherwell, yeah. imagine VAR had been in for that game, eh? Like, <laughs> dangerous uh, well, last man challenge. The, the thing is, the uh, the online conspiracy theories already coming in early. You know, a, a Rangers supporting friend of mine is already referring it to as as the Vatican affiliated referees committee. You know, that's a new one. That is a new one. Um, Brian Lennon has reminded us um, 
one of our taglines there, CCV and Yentz. So just for our kind of last couple of minutes, just while we're here, gentlemen, I'll come to you in this, Liam. I, I think Yentz is starting to grow a lot better, as I think any centre-half would beside Cameron Carter-Vickers, although I still do think that when Carl Starfield comes back in, he is likely to be the partner, but at this point in time, both look very solid together. And I was very impressed with Warwick Jones at the weekend. He's very confident in taking the step out of defence and playing the, the positive pass forward. Mm. I think um, it, it's going to be a difficult quandary for the next for the next couple of months because there's no doubt that Starfelt and Carter Vickers are the best partnership, right? Um but the question is, how much of that is just like Carter Vickers plus anybody is going to be a good partnership? Right? Um, I think we noticed that particularly when he was out the team for a few games. Um, Especially the game at St. Man, which has been I, a lot of folk, what we were talking about earlier. Moritz mm-hmm. Shane's absolute pelters after that game at St. Man. Aye, um, which I don't think was very fair because, again, the whole team didn't turn up that day and yet you single out one or two players. You know, him, him and Joe Hart both got it and I, I couldn't understand that at all, to be honest. Um, but I think that taking the players as individual players, I think, it's just my opinion, I think Jens is a better player than Starfelt as an individual. But at the moment, Starfelt has a better partnership with Carter Vickers. So that's your starting defensive pairing, your, your top defensive pairing, assuming everybody's fit, is still Starfelt and Carter Vickers. But in the fullness of time, with Jens getting more game time with Carter Vickers, he may well reach or surpass the level of Starfelt. So that's one to to monitor, I think, as the season goes on. That's an interesting one. Lawrence, what's your take on this just before we, we head off? Obviously, I think a lot of us are biased in it, just due to the fact that we've seen Starfelt and Carter Vickers play more often together, but but Moritz Shanks is starting to, to really show his worth in a Celtic jersey. I mean, you, you could bring it down to, you know, a right-sided centre-half and a left-sided centre-half play together better than two right-sided centre-halves. You know, it gives a better balance when Jens plays. The ball moves quicker because, you know, he's left-footed. Uh, yeah, I, for, for me, if possible, I'd have a left-sided centre-half and a right you know, right side centre half that, that was their natural positions. Uh, playing somewhere out of position I always think you'll lose something. Is Starfield going to be better out of position than Jens is in position? I don't think so. You know, Jens looks a player. I know Granty had him down south, you know, he coached him. Yeah, you know, Peter's you've interviewed Peter, haven't you? He's yeah. yeah. Years, so I'm sure he would have given uh Tosh the run down on him. Big things were thought of him, you know. It came as a season late by all accounts and we're in from earlier, so obviously somebody we've tracked for a while. Well, it's a player. Well, not the tallest team. He's certainly, he's probably the tallest player on the team now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, if Avogard ever gets in, maybe he'll take that mantle, but he's a threat in the opposition box. For, for me, yeah, I'll go with Jensen and CCV over Jensen Starfield, just for you know, a multitude of reasons. Not that Starfield and, and Carol Cutback is a, you know, it's not a bad partnership, I just think it's more natural to Vientz and CCD. Yeah, interesting one whenever he returns, Carol Starfield, you know, they'll be pushing for competitions as we've outlined uh, that we do have across the team at this point in time. Thanks, as always, to all our usual contributors in the comments section. Um, I think voting is still open um, to vote for Axon and Base Video content down below. So if you are down there, like the video, subscribe and get voting if you haven't already done so. 
Gents, pleasure as always to chat to you both on this Tuesday. Um, Axon will be back tomorrow, the usual bulletin, and we'll be on the, the match day coverage before the Definitely. visit to First Just Park. Just sure Paradise Promotions, Comrie, Fife, Friday night, Big John Hartson, if you're up that way. You know, there you go. Still tickets available? Still tickets available as far as there I There you go. If you are in Fife or in the surrounding areas, check that one out. Good shoot from the big man there. Thanks as always, gents. Cheers for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. Bulletin. Cheers. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.